Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And here's why. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And lastly, Romans 10, 13, this seals the deal. All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching a special Christmas message. Today is the day for salvation. Today, Pastor J.D. teaches you through his message that all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. That means if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and Savior, you will be saved. Don't wait another day to receive the best gift, the gift of salvation. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in Matthew chapter 2 with the conclusion of his message, Rejoicing with Exceedingly Great Joy. Interesting account in John's Gospel chapter 19. In verse 38, we're told later, Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. This is after the crucifixion. And we're told that Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly because he feared the Jewish leaders and probably would not have gotten permission from Pilate to take the body. So with Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away. He was accompanied by Nicodemus. Remember Nicodemus? Some refer to him as Nick at night, (laughs) came to Jesus. And anyway, that's another, sorry. So Nicodemus, the man who earlier had visited Jesus at night, that's why he's called Nick at night. Nicodemus brought, listen to this, a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds. Taking Jesus' body, the two of them wrapped it with the spices in strips of linen. This was in accordance with Jewish burial customs. So there you have it. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So what does this mean to me? Pastor, thank you so much for explaining to us the Jewish burial customs just really blesses my heart on this, you know, Christmas. Thank you for explaining frankincense and myrrh. Oh my goodness, I'll never look at frankincense and myrrh the same again. (laughs) That presupposes that you even look at frankincense and myrrh, right? Gold? Well, that's a different story. appreciate your explanation on gold. That, that makes a lot of sense. And, and by the way, thank you for mentioning that this was God's way of providing for Joseph and Mary. They needed that gold to cover their expenses. That was their financial provision. Thank you. That, that blessed me too. Thank you very much. What's your point? Maybe you're asking, do you even have a point? Oh yes, I do. And I'm so glad you asked. Gold speaks to the birth of Jesus as our King, frankincense, the life of Jesus as our priest, and myrrh, the death of Jesus as our Savior. Wow. Maybe you've heard it said, 
we're a child of the King. Do you believe that? Do you live your life like that? Do you know what that means? I'm a child of the King. That entitles me. That's a, not a good word anymore. It's too bad, but it does entitle me as a child of the King to inherit the kingdom. He's my King. That gold, He's my King. How about the frankincense as my priest? He's my high priest. He's the one that has made atonement for me instead of me. I need a priest. And how about this last one? He's my Savior. He's my Savior because He died for me. He went to that cross, willingly took upon Himself all of my sins. He's my Savior. He's my King. He's my priest. He's my Savior. He's my everything. So what's your problem? I don't mean to sound mean, but you're a child of the King. You have a high priest. You have a Savior. You've been saved. What is your problem? What was that problem you have again? Do you realize who you belong to? If you were to ask me, and I have to be very candid when I say this, but if you were to ask me what one of the biggest struggles for us as Christians, I know in my own life, this is one of my biggest struggles. It's that of having joy in the midst of difficulty and hardship. You know, Christmas is for some a reminder of that loved one that's not here anymore. Christmas is a reminder of that son that is far away, that daughter, the wayward daughter, the prodigal son. Christmas is a time that reminds us of the family dynamics and the conflict and the difficulty and the, the hardship. So here I'm told that these wise men rejoiced. That was the outward expression of their inward joy. They rejoiced with not just joy, great joy, and not just great joy, but exceedingly great joy. I want that. Do you want that? Let me ask you this. And I, I actually asked the Lord about this earlier this week. I asked the Lord, you know, we all have a, our own personal intimate relationship with the Lord, but I, I talk to Him sometimes very, like I'm talking to you right now. And I just said, Lord, I want to I wanna have the best Christmas this year, ever, ever. I want to have a, a, a blessed Christmas. I want to I wanna have joy. I need some joy. <laughs> I need joy in my life, because the joy of the Lord is my strength. And when I don't have joy, I feel so weak. I, I feel so defeated. Lord, I want to I have exceedingly great joy. I want to rejoice. And by the way, for me, I have to stand up here behind this pulpit, as is my privilege to do every week. And can you imagine if I got up here and said, you know, okay, let's just have exceedingly great joy. Or, or we're, we're singing, joy to the world. 
In other words, I want it to be real. Don't you? And please, never make synonymous joy with happiness. They're not the same. The word happiness comes from happenstance, circumstance. If it just so happens that things are going well in your life, well, then you can be happy. Remember that song years and years ago, Don't worry, be happy. I hate that song. I'm going to tell you why. No, I really do. I'm going to tell you why. Because first of all, he's not telling me how to not worry. The Apostle Paul tells us in Philippians 4 verses 6 through 8, how to not worry. I, I, you're telling me don't worry? Okay, I'll stop. I wish it were that easy. And then, and then be happy? Okay, I'm happy. Happy, happy, happy. Hey, things are going good right now. I can be happy. But see, if you're only happy when things are going well, well then you're probably not going to be happy for very long. Right? But joy is different. Joy is not contingent on, predicated on what's happening in my life. I can still have joy when the bottom falls out, when everything is against me. When adversity strikes, when the trial hits and the trials of life hit, especially in these the last days, it's getting worse. Have a nice afternoon. And it's going to get worse, by the way, as we near the end. But if Jesus is my King, my priest, and my Savior, then He's also the answer to everything in my life. Jesus is the answer. I'm sorry if that sounds cliche. I don't mean in any way to come off like that. And I certainly don't wish in any way to be dismissive of the difficulties of life in this fallen world. But Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He's my King. He's my priest. He's my Savior. He's my everything. He's the answer to fear. He's the answer to worry. He's the answer to hopelessness, depression, despair, sickness, disease, and everything in between. He's the answer. It's for this reason that during this season we celebrate the Savior's birth. Because in so doing, we also celebrate the Savior's death. Why? Because Jesus was born to die, so we could be born again to live. He died so we could live. He was born to die. At His birth, He came through a virgin's womb, And in his death, he left through an empty tomb. At his birth, his body was wrapped in cloth in a stone manger. And at his death, his body was wrapped in cloth in a stone tomb. By the way, for those of you who went to Israel with us over the years, you you saw what a manger is. I think in some ways, and again, I don't want to ruin everybody's nativity scene, but I think we've kind of sanitized it too much. And, and by the way, we have a nativity scene out front here, and the wise men are there. 
after the service I'm going to take it and remove them. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not. I think we've sanitized it maybe just a, a little bit, maybe a lot. You know what a manger is? It's a feeding trough. It's a cold, rock-carved-out feeding trough for animals. And you're going to put the Savior of the world in a feeding trough for animals? Yeah. He was laid as a babe in that stone manger, and He was laid as the Savior in that stone tomb at His death. It's like bookends on the life of the Savior. I like how one commentator said it, Jesus entered our world through a door marked no entrance, and left it through a door marked no exit. Now here's the question, and it's a question for every single one of us. Will we allow Him entrance into the door of our life for eternal life when we exit this life? You know, life is short. Tomorrow's never guaranteed. I don't want to sound morbid, but it's the truth. Our lives are but a vapor. This is why the Savior's birth is good news of glad tidings and exceedingly great joy to the world that lay in sin and error pining, as we have just sung together. It's good news. This world is not our home. One of the things the Lord's been ministering to me as of late is that the harder things get down here, the more it makes me want to go to be with Him up there. And I see, and we talk about this during our prophecy updates, I see what's happening in this country that I love so much. Had it not been for my parents immigrating to America when I was just nine months old from the Middle East, coming to this country, I don't know. I don't know if I'd even be alive, saved even. I'm so thankful they came to this country to flee the oppression of Islam. And they came here, and I, and I see what's happening to the United States of America. And my, my first reaction is, and, and it's very natural, is to grieve. And what you're doing is you're grieving loss. And that's a good thing, because it's God's way of saying, do you love this country more than me? I, this is not your home. Why are you getting so comfortable down here? Yeah, but Lord, wait, look what's happening. I know I told you it was going to happen. Why are you so upset? Calm down. I'm, I'm coming down. Calm down. I'm coming down to get you and take you up. Why, why are you digging your roots down so deep into the temporal soil of this world? You're in the world, not of the world. I told you this before it happens, so when it happens, you, you, you'll believe because I told you it was going to happen. What did, you, what did you tell me was going to happen? Oh, it's all through here. It's, by the way, that's why I came to the world. Remember? That's why I came in the first place. I, I came as a babe in Bethlehem, but I'm coming again. It won't be as a babe in Bethlehem. It'll be as 
King of kings and Lord of lords, as every knee will bow and every tongue will confess, and revelation fire. He's going to come as the conquering king. But that's why He came. Please listen. That's the good news, right? That Jesus came, He was crucified, He was buried, and He rose again on the third day, and He's coming back again one day. Don't get too comfortable. Don't dig your roots down too deep. Have a light touch on this world and the things of this world. I did not create you for this world. I created you for eternity. And I'm coming, and I'm going to take you out of this world, so that where I am, there you will be also, because I am going to the Father's house to prepare a place for you. And if it were not so, I would not have told you. And when I go, I'm going to come back. When Jesus was trying to communicate to the disciples, hey, hey I'm going to be crucified, I'm, I'm going to, and he was trying to explain everything, and Peter starts fighting him on it, and like, over my dead body, and you know, get thee behind me, Satan. And Peter's like, what, you just call me Satan? No, I didn't call you Satan, but I have to. I have to go. No, don't go. No, I have to go, because if I go, then I'm coming back. And if I don't go, I can't come back. I'm coming back. I share that, lastly to say this, that Christmas can be, it is possible to have exceedingly great joy and rejoice. Why? Because this isn't how it ends. He's coming, joy to the world, not now. We say peace on earth. Not now, not until the Prince of Peace comes. So knowing that should make this Christmas the best Christmas ever, regardless of what's going on in your life right now, the trial that you're in, the hardship that you're experiencing, the pain that you're suffering. You can have joy. You can have exceedingly great joy, and you can rejoice. And by the way, one one last thing. I know I said that one last thing ago, but this will be the last, last thing. The more you rejoice, the more joy, because joy is in rejoice, joyce, joy. The more you rejoice, the more joy you will have. I want to end with the ABCs of salvation, because it's a childlike explanation of salvation. Jesus said that you must become like a little child if you want to enter the kingdom of heaven. I don't mean to insult anybody's intelligence when I do this. We've been doing this for the last couple of years at the end of every prophecy update. And it's just a very simple template, if I can say it like that. The A is for admit or acknowledge that you've sinned, that you need the Savior. This is what it means to repent. It's a change of mind, so now God can change your heart. It's a turning from your sin, acknowledging of your sin, 
and turning to the Savior for forgiveness of sin. This is what repentance is. Romans 3.10 says, there is no one righteous, not even one. Romans 3.23 is even worse. It says, all, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. By the way, that's why Jesus came. We needed a Savior. Unto us is born a Savior. Romans 6.23 is really a sentencing for all of our sin, and that sentence is the death sentence, for the wages of sin is death. But, here's the good news, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, many of us, some do it on Christmas Eve, will open up all of these gifts that were given to us. They're gifts. We don't pay for them. If we pay for them, they're not a gift, right? But somebody paid for them. Jesus paid for it. The gift of gifts. He paid in full to give us the gift of eternal life, and He paid with His life. It cost Him everything. The B is for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, and that God raised Him from the dead. This is Romans 10, 9 and 10. It says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. That's pretty definite, isn't it? You will be saved, not you might be saved, not you should be saved. No, you will be saved. And then C, lastly, is for call upon the name of the Lord. Or as Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And here's why. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And lastly, Romans 10, 13, this seals the deal. All who call upon the name of the Lord, will be saved. If you're here today, and I make no assumptions, and you've never called upon the name of the Lord, confessing with your mouth, believing in your heart, acknowledging your sin, your need for Him, I implore you today, today is the day of salvation. You might be watching online. I implore you. I'm going to say it. I hope you don't ever tire of me saying this, but I'm going to say it. This could be the last Christmas we ever celebrate together. The well-known Christmas story may seem like such a long time ago, but there are things that happened then that relate to things now. The world is a dark place. People are searching for that same bright star in the sky to follow. How similar are the things occurring currently where the darkness invades and people are looking for those bright, twinkly lights that dispel the darkness around them? Jesus is the light of the world, and he came to rid the world of darkness once and for all. What greater gift could you ask for? As you listened to Pastor J.D.'s message today, are there things you learned that you'd never realized before? Perhaps you've heard it before, but it struck you in a new way. 
If so, we'd love to hear from you. Please get in touch with us through our contact form at inspiritandtruthradio.com. Go to the About tab and click on Contact. If you're in the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you join us for our worship services. Bring some friends and family along as well. We enjoy a great time of fellowship and learn from God's Word with Pastor J.D. Be sure to let us know that you're a listener of In Spirit and Truth when you visit. It's so encouraging to hear and know of those that this ministry has impacted. Find out more about Calvary Chapel of Kaneohe at our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. With that, our time with you has come to an end. Thanks for listening to Pastor J.D.'s teaching today. And from all of us here at In Spirit and Truth Radio, we want to wish you a Merry Christmas. Keeping me right with the old way Holding me true